Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to this second episode of the August Summer Series, brought to you by Flats and Shanks. I am the Shanks, here's the Flats, Flatman do. Yep, Flatman do. Right, we've obviously got a big talking point this week. What? Mm, The illegal headbutt from Tane Basham into Owen Farrell's shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can't get into it yet. We've got to tease the listeners. They've got to listen a little bit, haven't they? They've got to find we have out got what we've been up to. Explosive views upcoming. Okay? Oh my explosive. god! Is this Andy but good? Fir- no. But first of all, Tom, Tommy, Tom, Tom, Tom Thompson. Um, people, I'm sure people download our pod for the odd rugby view, and that will come. But how you doing, fella? Are you okay? Well, David. My wife and two girls went to London on Monday morning and they didn't come back until half past ten last night, which was Tuesday. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My four-year-old went to my mother's. Oh, my God. So I cooked a rolled sirloin for myself and had two roast dinners, Monday and Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) You fat bastard. I know. Honestly, I reckon it's the best one I've done from Field and Flower. Like, don't know why. Sometimes there's a yeah. little bit of luck, isn't it? You get a good, you get yeah. a good cut, or you've just cooked it to perfection. And baby Jesus, it was the most tender, succulent, with a garlic crust on the outside. Oh, and God, I mean, I didn't put loads of effort into the rest of the meal. I tried roast potatoes in the air fryer. And to be honest, mate, they just come up like a um, like a frozen roast potato. That's oh, what they, that, so you, your air fryer is not like. the answer to everything, then? That's what they look like. Oh no, mate, I'm not Pete Lecky. Oh, uh, is that what he's like? Is that what oh, yeah. is like? He's part yeah. of the cult, is he? He loves treble cooked Aunt Bessie's frozen roast potatoes. <laughs> oh 
Gourmet. Oh, Gourmet. Sorry. Oh, the classless mutant. But oh, God. my point is I part boiled them and then put them in, but they just come out like um, they were frozen, so I'm not going to do it again. Perception. I, I recently, this is like weeks ago, found out that I've always said part boiled as in P-A-R-T, as you partly boil them which I think you might have just done. I've always said part-boiled, and then Freya pulled me up on it and said it's par-boiled. What? With no tea. That's, that can't be right. Ah, she's having you on, mate. You've got baby yeah. brain. That's your problem now. <laughs> so you've had you've had a lovely time, fella. Oh, um, I bet you didn't wash. I bet you didn't wash the whole time. No, I did. I had a bath. A deep oh. bath by Alan Partridge. Because I've got a bit of a sore shoulder. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know why. Well, it's a sore neck. Probably sleeping awkwardly. But do you? Um, I don't care. Use an overpriced pillow. Do now, boy. Do yeah. now. They make all the difference, mate. Yep. yep. It, the more you pay, the less your neck hurts. That's what I found out. Having said that, when I was in the England squad in about two thousand and three, yes, uh, two thousand and three, the World Cup winner. Um. Yeah. No, not quite. Uh, no, it was actually 2004. It was after the World Cup, uh-huh. and they realised they needed to upgrade because they only, only won it. Um, we had a deal with Temper, and I got this mattress, which is long gone, but I still have my 20-year-old Temper pillow that I use every night on my neck. Um, and I'm down in Devon at the moment, which I'll explain, but I've got a, one called a, a Levitex as well, which really helps my neck. But without them, I am cream-screwed. Jeez, you want to keep that away from forensics, mate? Well, I, I take it to a dry cleaner. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, dry, yeah, they can't get that out. Not a lot of, decades a lot of, of unsolved crimes within that pillow. Yeah. yeah, I said, can I dry clean this, but I don't want it put on any sort of database. Is that okay? Um, <laughs> I just, I paid 20 quid to an old, for an old granny to take it in. Um, no, yeah. but I've got a 20-year-old pillow. And I thought to myself... We've had this chat, and we're going to get back to your time alone in a sec, but mm. we might have had it. But I've thought to myself, I've got mattresses, a ma- mattress that I don't love at home, and it's fine for Freya because she weighs about eight stone, but it's not fine for me. Don't love it. Back hurts every morning. And I was like, the only mattress I've ever had that I've loved start to finish, um, I lost in my divorce, Matt, uh, Matt, uh, Tom, mm. um, a temper mattress. So I lost that in the divorce. Is it still outside gone. the front of her house? <laughs> with bastard sprayed on it, <laughs> and um, I was look like, right, what you I'm did to one. me. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm getting one. Sod this, and then I realised for the best one for the right size, it's three and a half grand. And I thought I would rather have a bad back than pay that. You know, I if if I could, I'd pay five hundred grand for a car. I'd pay a million pounds for a car if I had the money, but I will not pay three grand for a mattress that I spend eight hours on every day of my life. Do you remember in the Early 2000s, everyone thought the futon was the way forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. No, I bet Bubs is on that as well. <laughs> you know, he's probably thin back then. Just come out of the army. I had a futon, um, and it wasn't the answer. And a bloke that stayed around my house once wet it. I, I can't shame him on here, because uh, he was going wasn't through... was it? He was going... <laughs> no, it wasn't Jed. <laughs> It was it was a friend of a friend, really, um, but he had he had previous, and I think those times are gone now. So he doesn't wet the futon or the bed anymore or sofas. So Is he a rugby player? We'll leave it at that. No, he wishes. All right. 
He bloody oh, yeah, wishes. Hey, yeah, yeah. Don't they all? Don't they all? Reese Blumberg. <laughs> <laughs> Not on this time. You wish no. you're a rugby player until you hear what Steven Gerrard's getting paid in Saudi Arabia, then you wish you were something else. Oh. Chasing the Just give me one dollar. week, mate. Just give me a week. What about NFL? Give me a week, fella. I've been watching Quarterback on Netflix. It's really good. Is it? Yeah. I think it's just three um, quarterbacks they follow. All different. All at different stages of their career. Patrick Mahone, mate. Oh, my days. He He's what? something special. Is he? Yeah. He's fair. I think he's like mid-20s. But just incredible. He's a superstar. And I've never really got into NFL, but I'm watching this because it's, it's really no. good access into their sort of family lives as well as... Um, as well as sort of game day and insight, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been recommended that by someone else as well. Maybe I'll have a go. It's one of those. Um, it's one of those when you're sitting on the bike in the gym. Not you do. Not that you do that. Um, the toilet when you're sitting no, on I the toilet, and you know it's yeah. going to be a long one. You've got 45 minutes. Just put it on. Pins and needles in your feet. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, we have had an unusual situation in our house the last few days whereby we have started watching something that sounded really good because I went on a, I just thought let's just have a look on the old home screen of Sky Plus or whatever it is and it recommended this thing with Martin Freeman in it called A Confession and started watching it, I thought this is quite good, watch one episode and obviously my wife's tired, um, had a baby, so she goes to bed after one episode. Start a bit earlier the next night, get another episode in. And I was like, let's just watch a bit of the third one before you go to bed. All right, all right. So we get going. And about half an hour in, and this is not that unusual for me, but for her, I'm amazed because she's like an elephant, okay? She's got very, she forgets nothing and she's got very large toenails. Um, I said, I, I think I've seen this before. And she was like, no way. Oh, my God. Have we really? And about 10 minutes later, she's like, oh, my God, I know what's going to happen next. And we realise we're watching a four-year-old series that we've already watched. But we are three whole episodes in before we both realise that we've seen it all before. Could have been a lot worse, mate. You could have watched it with your ex-wife and then you'd have had some sort of explaining to do it. <laughs> it would <have> been <laughs> yeah, awkward. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially as I've done it, especially the year it was made. Remember when you went to Thailand? No. That would have been awkward. No, I've never been to no. Thailand with you. Oh, it's, yeah. oh, it's the ex. Um, they get a lot of that. Um, Remember Jackie Chan and so Way we've got of the halfway through. We've got, we've got halfway through and we've had to stop because we've watched it. And so we started watching something last night uh, called... So I've forgotten. I Oh, God, I hate when people do this. ITV, it's about... It's a horrible about a guy a familicide case where he killed his family and himself and we didn't quite know what we were putting on and I was Ooh, like gritty. I, I quite like a bit of dark TV like heavy, I quite like heavy TV watch the virtues then with Stephen does. Graham that's, oh that's, my god I've seen that that's immense television that well I'm two episodes in and I'm it's not very uplifting so no it's it get the better? opposite of uplifting alright I'm not going to watch it then now I would say that is one of the best television programmes I've watched that would be in my top five television shows up series I've ever watched. You're turning to me. Do you know that? 
dark. I haven't laminated the top five. Not like you. Yeah, I know. You've rubbed off on me, so mm. to speak. <laughs> okay. I hope you haven't rubbed off on me. 20 years um, ago, maybe. Not recently. Yeah, if, yeah a, little, a little while back. Um, those are the days. But the Virtues is incredible, mate. Absolutely incredible. Little mm. Boy Blue as well with him. Just aw- They're awful, but yeah. brilliant. They're, they're kind of, you feel like they're important, you know. I started watching Special Ops Lioness. Seen What's that? that? Um, no. That is, it's a American military against Iraq. Sort of blown up a um, no. That's sorry. That's another thing I watched. <laughs> it was, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we we need to get out more, mate. I started watching something with Gerard Butler in. Um, Ka- Kahabar. Kandahar. Kandahar, that's Kandahar. it. I watched a bit of that last night. Um, but anyway, Special Ops Lioness is about a Special Ops military team. Um, they're trying to get a spy into a terrorist organization. It's quite good. Is it good? Yeah, it's quite good. I'm enjoying it. Easy the to watch. The thing with Gerard Butler is that he's just, he's just Rory Lawson on steroids, mate. Have you seen... Yeah, he's Rory Lawson with a little bit of an Andy Powell speech impediment. Uh, have you seen his welcome yeah have you seen his We Are Scotland video it's quite good Scotland World Cup Uh, I haven't watched it and um, I do you know what I flicked past it this morning so so you said because I was up early with uh, the toddler and um, I'll explain all that in a sec the logistics at the moment but um, I flicked past it because I wasn't ready for it but also I was looking for something for my daughter but then um I thought, is it, is this Scotland trying to do what uh, Martin Sheen, isn't it? Yeah. Did for Wales, and it's like, or was it the Lions he did it for? I can't remember. No, it was Wales football. I think it was. Wales football, that's right. And I was just like, oh man, you can't match that. So are they trying to do one of those? Well, I don't Who's know. England's one going to be? Are they going to get Boris to do it? It's quite good. Um, even though they will be going home after the group stages, it's still quite good for the the short term. <laughs> I I think they should get Rishi Sunak to do one for the England <laughs> rugby team. Go and get them. Yeah. Go and yeah, try and win, but ultimately be fair. Um, what we must be is fair. Uh, yeah, something. My like advice that. to you is um, to marry well, marry into richness. Yeah, marry into wealth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah it's, no, it's quite I've, good. I quite that, that is it. good advice. I like yeah. anything like that. Okay, that's good. Um, we've started on this dark road now with this episode one of this thing, and it is bloody hell, man. I don't know why we do it. Like in Put the end, like, Freya used to be an absolute wimp with this stuff, and last night I was there, hands over my eyes, like I can't bear it, looking mm. at my phone, thinking this is too much. And I said to her, "Why do we do it?" And she's like, "Yeah, I don't know." Should we watch Peppa Pig or something before we go to bed? Like this is let's go and cheer ourselves up. Last time we were down in Devon, before we had the baby, I was watching the Tour de France documentary. Whatever, I always forget what these things are called, but Unchained or something. But I love that, absolutely love that. And I was like, that's a great thing to watch because blokes often stay up later than women. I'm sure I'm generalising here, but most blokes I know stay up later than their wives do. Um, You do you stay up and watch telly after everyone's gone to bed for half an hour or not? No. We just go no, to just bed me at the same time. Yeah, I and I'm 
I sometimes slip into that rhythm of going to bed later and then I snap myself out of it and think it's actually quite important to not go to bed an hour apart every night. Um, do you, when, when we finish these dark series, do you say to your missus, come on, let's, let's go put the Ted Bundy files on, cheer yourself up? Come on, yeah. <laughs> come on, let's go watch well, Dez like, again. When, you got, <laughs> when you've got 14 kids, you knocking around the place, that little bit of time with a drink or without a drink but that little bit of time on your own in the evening is just mm. sacrosanct it's like it's not as good as everyone going away and leaving you on your own at home like you've had it's not as good as that but it is it's everything at the time um so i don't want to let it go and then i stay up late and then i'm shafted the next morning so what what we've done is tommy we've as you know we were in devon mm-hmm. we realized that my wife was having a baby so we got everyone back left all our stuff in devon or most of it got back had a what a week and a week and a half at home in bath but then thought well truth be told like if it was just if it was just the four of us we wouldn't have bothered coming back down because getting a newborn and a toddler back down here all that stuff to a house that isn't big enough to have four kids in it as well as us just isn't yeah. um I know I don't get any advice not quite that. you're like yeah exactly it's just there's no room to host anyone which is I guess it's a John Lewis problem I'm not complaining but it's no, like yeah. it's just not you big enough bed, and yeah exactly it, yeah <laughs> exactly bed. it yeah it's a problem own it just own it yeah so we were like but the big girls this is their favorite thing like you can take the kids our kids anywhere but where they want to be is in Devon with their mates and in the summer so we're like right. We've we we've got to go back down, and we've embraced it, and we got everyone in the big got the old Land Rover. I got the Defender One Thirty now, which has got eight seats in it. But we stocked up the car as much as we could. Paddle boards. We got a new great big bloody buggy thing, and it's like right. We got everything in the car. Everyone in the car. Freya a week and a bit having after having a baby. She's sandwiched in between two car seat baby seats in the back. Buddha, the middle kid number two, is in got one of the pull-up seats in the boot the single seat that's up she's but she's completely hemmed in by paddle boards and buggies and luggage so you can't see her um she's in there seatbelt on headphones on charger in the little socket you've got back there so she's all right peanut gets to go in the front and we make it down to devon and it's great but it's kind of like this house you've been here it's it's fine but it's not a large home <laughs> and it is not it's like it's made of cardboard and we we went really trendy and painted all the floorboards white. Now that's cool and it's low maintenance and it does look nice, but it is really noisy. When you shit yourself, it's a it's, nightmare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. When you have a dirty protest. It is so noisy that we're having to abandon our sleep training principles where if at home, if the toddler wakes up at 6.30, she gets left until 7 on the dot and she doesn't really cry because she knows she's going to be there till 7 and we'll come. But here she cries and everyone is awake in a split second and the teenagers are hating it and, mm. Daddy! I'm like, get her! Like, oh, Shut God's her sake, up I mean... before I do! <laughs> yeah. And then she, like the other night, Buddha walked in and like, when we, the night Frey went to labour, it was like, She's been awake for an hour. She does this every night. Every night she wakes us up. I was like, right. This is a, a talk about their little sister, their toddler. I was like, she hasn't made a squeak in the middle of the night for a year. And she is not yet two. So that what you're saying is not true. Why do you always say that? You pick on the smallest detail. 
Okay, okay, okay. Everyone's getting stressed, including me. Um, so we, we've come back down to the noise chamber. All right, good luck. Basically. Um, eight seats well, think, in a Land Rover. Yeah, anyway. Get back to that. Yeah, mate, it's awesome. I thought you were, if you get it's two awesome. in the back, in the boot, yeah. so three. It's, a, it's longer. You know the 110 I had, the Land Rover Defender 110? Like, you know, you've seen them. AC525 fucking so, Cobra. One, two, ten. Two tone. One, two, ten, two tone. But it's 110, so it's the longer one, and it's got seven seats, so you can pull two seats up in the back. Yeah. But this is a 130, so it's even longer. And when you're driving it, you wouldn't notice a difference, but it's longer. And in the back, you know your middle row of seats, like your normal mm -hmm. back seat in, a, in mm -hmm. the Defender, the rearmost ones in the boot are exactly the same as those. Okay. So there's no compromise. It's just like sitting in the back seat. And there's two full benches, so you've got two rows of three yep and it properly works like we have had eight people in it and you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to go in the back but you could go in the back because you can slide the middle seats forward and back you could go in the back for 45 minutes comfortably that says to me it is you're gonna have one more it's wicked no absolute absolutely no way absolutely no way on earth have you had no. it yet the vasectomy no, I need. Uh, I, do you know what? Out. I'll try. I tried. Tried to book it. Out. Matt, yeah. I tried to book it day three. Worried you feel less. I was holding man. the little baby. <laughs> I was holding the baby in my arms, and emailing contact us. Emailing a facility near me in Bath, and in between Bath and Bristol, and they replied to me saying you need to get referred by your GP. Yeah. So correct. I emailed the GP thing, and they said we're not doing online appointments at the moment. Can you basically email us back next week, which is it's Thursday, which is tomorrow. It's not an emergency. Yeah. So I'm like, right. I am in, I am literally actively trying to arrange someone to take it all away. Mm. Take the pain away. I'm ready, mate. Yeah. I'll no, do it now. Yeah. I'll do it now. Yeah, you were ready four years ago, mate. You know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's great. But luckily, we've got the big girls. They don't like it when they get woken up, but they are. The, you know, because when you it's character you've got a new baby, it's character building. You've got it. to get four kids to Devon, including a newborn and a toddler. You've got to stop a couple of times. We had to go via a midwife discharge appointment in Chippenham, which is tw yeah, tw <laughs> appointment twenty five minutes away from <laughs> Devon. So we had to go there before we then left there and then went to Devon. So it's one of those days where it was like this could be a ball ache. Yeah. You finally get in, get all the stuff in, get all your stuff back in the house, unpack, do all that. Oh, you sit down and the toddler is just wild with energy because she's been in the car. We have got two big girls who are just on their feet playing with her all day until bedtime without being asked. It's just unbelievable. Pay mine to do So that. lucky. Oh, mate, it's, they are amazing, honestly. They don't listen to my pod, so I can say that. They Shall we have anyway. a well-timed break, a well-timed ad break? Yep. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right. Let's get into the rugger. Come on. Oh, God. Come on. Right. For me... Do you want to do the Owen Farrell thing first? Um, okay. I was going to start on a positive, France, Scotland. Yeah, no, no, that's what I thought. Let's let's start on something because fun. England Wales was appalling. I didn't enjoy it one bit. And then no. a couple of hours later, you've got Scotland v France on, and that's a game. That's a proper game. You know, you've got two teams who who want to go out there and play, and it did. It was fast paced, and I thought Scotland did really well to start with. Um, it's a shame they couldn't hold on. To be fair, because they pushed France. All the way. It was only the last kick, um, basically, of the game, which sealed it for France. But Scotland looked good. You have to say that. They do. Mm. They, they, they've got themselves into a position now where they play good face play rugby. So they sort of understand. It's a, it's a lot like Glasgow. A lot. Most teams try and play this way, but a, a lot of teams aren't as good as it. You know, the the way that the decision-making is really good with a forward pod and whether it's tipped on or whether it's put behind, they make good decisions. And whether that's just the forwards or whether that's Finn Russell or a ball player, a back behind calling it, but they make good decisions. And, and when it's on, it's on. And they know, they know how to play and they know how to get the ball out the back and they know how to realign themselves. And when it's not, they play their short runners. And some of those lines hit by... Um, some of the forwards were really good, like Jack Dempsey, um, you know, carries all day. Um, Schoeman, really good in the loose, really good, and really good with ball in hand as well. And they just make good decisions. And Carl Stein snuck in for a couple of tries, looked big and strong, to be fair, as did Van der Merwe. And whenever Van der Merwe gets the ball in hand, it's just... It always looks like men against boys. He just dominates the tackle, even when you think he's not He's going to get hit back. He just stays on his feet that extra little bit longer and uh, manages to buy himself a little bit of time. But I joked at the start of this pod saying Scotland might be going home after the group stages. They might. They still might. That just shows you how tough their group is with Ireland and South Africa might. But I can see huge improvement in them. Blair Kinghorn Mm. at the back. Um, You've just got another ball player there. Really he's good nice because he plays on his feet too. He is. He yeah. plays ten for Edinburgh most the uh, most of the time. I think he probably is a fifteen because he's got that much pace. But getting him either side of the ruck with Finn Russell is just a huge threat for them. And I think they've got the the centership partner, the centre partnership in um, Hugh Jones and Sione Turbulutu. I think they're the ones. Even though Redpath is good. I think those are the two, really. Um, and Stafford McDowell is is a big unit, but I think the combination of Palutu, Tupalutu and um, Hugh Jones is mm. is the way forward for Scotland. And then, obviously, Finn at 10 as well. So they look 
for me, they look a fairly settled team now, and they look like they know how they want to play. It's a massive shame. Enter Max out. That was oh, a, yeah. That was gutting. The, that was that's huge. You know, it, it looked so innocuous yeah, as gutting. well how we did it. Yeah. But it was a, a really good game. Really enjoyed it. Played the way you want to see rugby played. A good advertisement for rugby. If people weren't really into rugby, to watch a game like that gets people interested because nobody is going to want to play rugby after watching England v Wales. What, what were your thoughts on yeah. um, France-Scotland, boy? I uh, No, bang on. Really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think France look properly at it and don't think they have done for a little while. So the notion of any notion of them going into the tournament as favourites for me doesn't wash at the moment. Um, mind you, I thought until a month or so ago that South Africa were probably favourites. Now I'm, I think, you know, if I had to put 20 quid on a team, it'd be New Zealand to win it. Um, in brackets, hope it's Ireland. <laughs> um, if it's not, you know, I'd love Ireland to deliver on all their promise and go and do it. But New Zealand look fab to me, but France don't look quite there. And I still think a couple of little things. Well, one big thing about France is that when when they played um, Ireland and lost relatively comfortably in a pretty epic match in the Six Nations, um, two things that stood out to me were the conditioning. They didn't look, and everyone looks hanging in these games because they're pre-season games. They just happen to be test matches, which is pretty brutal on the lungs. But everybody's looking hanging in these games. Everyone's sucking in air, except Jamie George. Don't know if you noticed that. Never gets tired. Genuinely, Jamie George never gets tired. It's the weirdest thing. Um, anyway, everyone's sucking it, sucking in big ones. But Ireland, uh, uh, France looked knackered in the last 20 minutes, which is one thing in that in that Six Nations game. But they also, for me, it was one brilliant team. Ireland just were a brilliant team that everyone knew what they were doing the whole time. So well organised with the ball and without it. And France looked really or pretty well organised without the ball. Defence has gone up leagues since Sean Edwards arrived. We know that. But I still think they are a team that can do brilliant team things but do look to certain individuals to produce something brilliant. And the deeper you get into a World Cup, the better teams you're playing against, it is harder for those individuals to just produce something, which is why when they do, it's a standout moment, like your Jonah Lomu's, like your Jason Robinson's, producing something from nothing. Cheslin Kobe against so England I in the final. Yeah, I, yeah. I still think they've got, some, they've got some amazing players that can do that against anybody, but it becomes less likely. The teams that are more likely to win those games are the teams that absolutely have it together as a 15 when they've got the ball and when they haven't. And for me, France look generally very well organised defensively, but and in attack, I often think they are looking to, to a Peno, to a Dupont, to, to somebody, to a Dante, to just go and do something, mate. It's like when I was playing England schoolboys. I remember we used to just say, get the ball to Bolsh. Like Ian Bolshaw, it was like if we're struggling, we played against Ireland schools at Lansdowne Road, and it was like, right, where's but get the ball to Bolsh? It was literally like that, and Bolsh could just do something, and then he got the ball and did something because he was better than everyone else. Mm. And it's a, France are a bit like that, and I think that doesn't win you a World Cup. As I, you know, I think it great fun if it does because you're going to see some brilliant stuff. But I felt a bit like that about France, like they've got a lot of players, amazing players, like running sideways, looking for a gap, speculating. And you sort of think, mm, I'm not sure this is as good as Ireland or New Zealand, who look really cohesive as a team. Mm. The other thing on, on Scotland, mm. maybe I'm wrong, but on on Scotland, I 
like the forwards making good decisions, I agree with that, except, and this is a really small margin point, but if you talk about fine margins at that level, Xander Fagerson not being there makes a difference, makes a real difference, because the one, like WP now, I'm a massive fan, he's a very good scrummager, I think France got away with a couple of bits they shouldn't have got away with at the weekend in the scrum, WP now is a he's a miracle at 37. I love him, but he was the one player who stood up at first receiver a few times, and was static and gave and it actually gave France a run up at the guys out the back. And I thought it's little things like that which, if you lose a game by a few points, you'd try and you'd almost say right if Ferguson's not playing against the Springboks in a few weeks, let's limit the amount of time number of times he appears first receiver. Yeah, you can. It's do not that. an insult. He's just you know. That's yeah, it. You can do that. It's just organisation more so. But yeah, yeah, often the first receiver, sometimes he takes it, but it's often the guy on the outside that that brings the um, brings the pace and the power. But yeah. yeah. But the, they do get organised well, Scotland. I've seen that. I've noticed yeah. that over the last couple of years. Really do, yeah. Yeah, they get themselves in good positions. Um, I'd, lo- I'd love them to just, I'd love them to come together and just twat a big team in yeah. the World Cup and really prove a point. They can. Hundred percent, they can. They yeah. do it in the Six Nations fairly regularly. Yeah, they, it's just that string of games together. They can't. They they can do it once or twice, but then, you know, backing that up three or four times, I think they find hard at the moment. But yeah, and it, I, I suppose injury comes in down to that a lot. Losing key players, you know, in order to stay, the good teams mm-hmm. that go through the competitions are the ones that generally are injury free. And the core of the team stands together, yeah, and stays together, yeah. Um, yeah, I get your, your point a little bit on France. You can't look too much into. I don't think you can look too much into the summer series. I think, I think you've got to go back to Six Nations a little bit because fitness plays a part um, in this. Now that they're getting primed for the World Cup, you know these are these are games that mm. they're trying to get combinations together, but also. Get yourself fit. Get yourself game ready. Minging games, actually, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they are. Horrible games. They are. Lungs, but yeah. I mean, I just look at the French team and there is class everywhere. I mean, Dupont. Again. Oh, 100%, mate. But, you know, in that in that Ireland-France game in the Six Nations, it was like it was a, it was a brilliant game. But there was one, and I, my my memory for detail, I'm afraid, it just is my semantic memory just isn't very good. So I'm not, I don't no need to tweet in and say I've got a bounce pass wrong or something. But... There was a break. I think Panot made an amazing. He either scored an amazing try, or made an amazing break. I think which led to a try. And it's like, what a team! And it was like, no, no. There was a really poor pass that hit the ground. Peno has to turn to pick it up, and he's just a massive freak. And he makes a break. Mm. Like he's a. I say that's a compliment. He's just massive and quick, and aggressive. And it's like actually, if you really look at it it probably should have been defended better. Like, we always used to joke, the old bounce pass is indefendable. It's hard. <clears throat> you know, but... It, yeah, it's hard, but... It, yeah, it, but it actually was not brilliant play from France that and a big player picked up the ball and legged it. And it's kind of like, well, that does work sometimes, but I don't think... Yeah, it's less likely to work against an informed New Zealand or mm. South Africa, I would suggest. But I could be wrong. It worked against Ireland, number one team in the world. So I could be talking rubbish. I hope I am, because I'd love to see him be brilliant that opening game France New Zealand yeah. wow yeah it's going to set the tone for the tournament um, and mega. I think I think whoever wins that will go on and win it Sean Edwards we're going to get to Sean Edwards in a sec when we talk about Owen Farrell 
he's done. He's got a column, or a, he's he's ringing into the a columnist in the Daily Mail who's writing it up and quoting him, sort of thing. I think, or he's he quoted in the Daily Mail anyway, and. He's saying, you know, big game for us, the first game. But if it doesn't go, even more important is that Italy game, the second game. Because if the first game doesn't go our way, that Italy game becomes vital. And I'm almost like, you sort of wonder if they really think they can win it. I'm, I'm reading too much into that. I think he's, just try, he's probably just man, trying to take the pressure off the expectation. Yeah, the you're right. Game. You're right, yeah. Because um, they'll beat yeah, Italy. Right. They'll definitely beat Italy, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's just the hype of the first game is is absolutely huge. Right, we'll get into England Wales now. Um, Great fun. First, actually, half. let let me just say let me just say from the start, Tommy. Yep. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it because we the house was chaos and there's loads of kids everywhere and people are visiting and it's all really nice. And I was excused to go and watch the whole game. With I had to watch it in the evening and dodge social media. I watched it in the evening when one of the two, one of the kids had gone to bed, and I took a bottle of wine into the sitting room on my own and watched it. So I was in heaven, mate. So the quality of the game didn't affect my enjoyment because I was on my own in a quiet room watching rugby. I right? watch it. I watched it in the lounge. But apart from that, and it was three 0 after nine minutes, and then it became six. 6-0 after 40, and nothing went on, really. Mm. Um, mm. A yellow card for Henry Arundel, which was pretty poor yellow card. Might affect his chances, actually. But it, it, looked, it looked like a kid trying to get in the game, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But to yeah, do something. Like. Start, you know, incidents like that must furiate coaches because you do that in a World Cup, yeah. you could be out. You, it was just so basic. I, I don't know why he did it. Um, hope... Dowie Lake is okay. He got yeah. sort of a crock roll from the side. Something that has yeah. to be banned. I've seen so many horrendous injuries with that because someone's on your leg. You're trying to yeah. turn sideways. I really hope he's okay. Um, Sam Perry comes on and there's one run down the left-hand side. Boy, he looked quick. Oh, he looked like a centre. Flying, mate. Wouldn't he? I know. Shane, Shane Van Portfleet is out as well. Yeah, horrible. Poor bloke. Yeah, it is horrible. These games... Are just Ugh. you just you just hope everyone stays fit. You don't want to see an injury. You don't yeah. want to see someone miss their their chances of playing in the World Cup. Fortunately, fortunately, he's got youth on his side, and he will make another one. Isn't pretty Poor sure bugger. about that. Horrible. Um, but nothing really got going in the game. Flats. There was a high tackle on Josh Adams, which probably could have been a red card. It was a yellow. Um, and then you have the main incident of the game, the main talking point of the game, Owen Farrell. So, well, before we get to that, before we right. get to that, the Josh Adams thing with Freddie Stewart. Yep. It's an interesting one whereby um, I know people people love climbing on this stuff and tweeting and Instagram posting controversial views on it, but he gets taken out in the air. That yep. is, there's just no question of that. He lands on his side yep. and grabs his head. Yep. Now, as anyone knows who has been twatted hard by Trevor Leota, Chris Halofia, um, you know, side on, you do not need to get hit in the head for it to rattle your head. No, not you at all. You do not need that. Like, you can absolutely, you know, if a, you, you can absolutely, if a, if a motorbike hit you and didn't touch your head, there's a good chance it would hurt your head, right? Yep. So... He 
but he grabs his head and this is not me saying he's play actor or anything like that because to to start saying that stuff is like well you can tell when someone's play acting often unless you're really sure i think you need to be quiet because you might be wrong on that i think if he grabs his head my inclination not to stamp out um stamp out diving so i'm not i'm not saying he was but i think if someone grabs their head like that after a fall from the air or a big collision like that there is a good argument that they should have an HIA, like someone posted it and I thought, mm, yeah. that's not my idea, but that's quite a good one. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, you do grab your head in certain situations when you've hurt another yeah. part of your body. Like you roll on the floor and your leg hurts, you, you do grab your head. But... Yeah, it's true. It was a heavy fall and he wasn't HIA'd, was he? Did he I think he... he I th- we, we could be wrong here, but I think he was not, no. No, I don't think he was either. Um, Tame Basham was and, and failed that and didn't come back on. Failed it, I yeah. Believe. But no, I don't think Josh Adams was, and he needed to be, because you're right. If he's grabbing his head like that, there is he's obviously hurt it, or it was a big fall. It was a big fall, and he he was yellow carded. It's one of those where he was tackled in the air. He landed on his side, so you wouldn't be. I wasn't too bothered if it was a yellow. I wasn't too bothered if it was a red. It was sort of in between those two, I think. So he got a yellow. Um, but Farrell, let's move on to that, shall we? Yes. The ruling was. Oh God! Yeah, the ruling Game gone was, soft. You're going to say, aren't you? The ruling was that there was a significant, <laughs> a significant dip in height from Tame Basham, um, which because he was put um, off course a little bit by Jamie George. But for me, I think initial contact is just below the uh, chin. I think he hits him just below and then the shoulder follows through and hits the chin. So but let's call it the windpipe. It's the arm. It's the tucked arm. You can't tackle like that. We've seen it so many times. There's not a significant drop in height from Owen Farrell. He's upright when he goes to make the tackle. Tame Basham does dip a little bit, but not enough. And that that is a red card. It is a red card. I've seen loads of cards like that given, loads. But this sets a, a precedent now for the rest of the tournament or the rest of rugby. If, if that's deemed not a red card and he's free to play, then all the other hits like that during the tournament, because there will be some, can't be a red. It can't be. Yeah. He has to be banned from that tackle. That's just... I like him as a player... I think he's a great player. I really do. I rate him really highly. But you can't tackle like that. You just can't. You can't stay high. You can't have your arm by your side. And you can't You can't stay upright. You have to dip. So I don't know. Why do you think he's not been banned? Do you think, do you think it's because <laughs> so, he's England captain and they're a little bit worried? So do you know when um, there was that famous solicitor called Mr. Loophole or Dr. Loophole or something. Yep. And I think I think David Beckham was the, one of the famous ones, but celebrities and rich people would use him to get them off speeding fines. Yeah. Do you remember him? It's one, I think it's like one of those things where it's a lot like having, you know, uh, I don't know, like, it's a lot like playing with Danny Grucock. It's like if you don't support the team he plays for, if you're an opposition player or fan or coach... 
he's an easy guy to hate, but would you quite like it if he was on your team? Yeah, right? So I'm getting somewhere with it. I'm only playing, but it's like the Dr. Loophole thing, the loophole lawyer thing, everyone thought it was outrageous, but actually that's because most people couldn't afford it, right? So it doesn't seem fair. And it's almost like Richard Smith, the, the KC, yep. um, who is, I mean, let's. it's not about blaming anyone. It is, he is literally employed to, you know, to reduce England players' bans and help them in disciplinaries. That is his job. So that is his job. So everyone deserves a fair defence, right, in, in, in all sorts, in, in all aspects of law. Now, that is his job. So he has done his job very, very well. Now... Another way to look at it, I will get to a, a point, I promise. Another way to look at it is that Jamie George does make contact with Tane Basham, mm-hmm. right? He does make contact with him before Owen Farrell hits him. So what happens is a a percentage, whatever that is, indetermined percentage of that collision is beyond the control of the ball carrier and crucially the tackler. It's beyond Owen Farrell's control. So the other way to look at it is that you're talking about the precedent it sets in terms of this World Cup, in terms of amateurs watching on TV, kids saying, well, I'm allowed to do it. Um, And actually, the other precedent is that what you are doing is issuing a ban for a collision, some of which was completely out of the tackler's control. Now, I'm just trying to... I'm just giving a different perspective, right? However... And the left, Owen Farrell's left arm threatens to come up a bit. So I think his, the palm of his left hand may even make contact with Tane Basham when he hits him. However, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I'm just saying that people go mad about it and I completely understand. Like Danny Cipriani went on Twitter and kind of said, hey guys, why is everyone going so mad and why all the vitriol? It's like, hang on a minute. This is, there are amateur players all over the world, UK, whatever, who are being dictated to in terms of safety, their game's being changed massively because of safety, and they see the top player in the country do this and, in inverted commas, get away with it, at least not get banned for it. And this is someone with a history of hitting like this and a history of getting banned for it and not getting banned when some people thought he should have been. It is emotional. People are emotive about sport. And you can't condone abuse and vitriol, but as soon as you try and dilute the emotional response to sport... You miss the point. The emotional response is literally why TV companies pay millions of pounds and finance the professional game. So you need tribal. We need and want tribal emotional reactions. That is what we want. You don't need people being horrible. Like the Ashes this year. Yeah, you need it. Yeah, exactly. We need it. It's literally the lifeblood of sport. Right. So to say, why gay? Why the emotional reaction? It's like, no, no. That is why, because you need it. So that's missing the point. So I'm, that's different perspective, but I think the with, touch shoulder, yeah, it I, never looked legal to me from start to finish. No, it didn't. And I think if it was if it was a soak-up tackle, then you could sort of understand why, because Basham was slightly knocked off course. I get it. Um, but he does put a shot in. You know, he, he yeah. moves into the tackle, and he is very, very upright, and his arm's by his side. So... I remember years ago, a few years ago, I was actually commentating and it was Munster against Gloucester. And actually, as it happens, uh, Danny Cipriani was playing 10 and 
he kind of was moving backwards. It was a very yep. passive attempt Red at a tackle without being horrible, hoping someone else would make the tackle, right? Yep. Which is fine. A um, lot of tens are like that. Um, and, or they were. And, yeah, shoulder to the head, red card. Now, that wouldn't be a red card now. Nope. I don't think so either. So, when, when you look back, you think, Sips, that they were the rules, they were the laws there. Because the, the, the force is coming from the ball carrier rather than a tackler in that instance. Yeah. In the but, Cipriani but Farrell's gone aggressive and buried him, mate. Yeah, he has. Like, so, that, that, that is different. It is. Yeah. Um, but no ban. So, good for England. Or not? Well, or not? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? George do you know, Ford looked really I good when he came on. Exactly right, and when when you when you the the, the agonising bit would have been if he'd got five weeks and would have missed, you know, if say they'd banned him and he was going to miss three World Cup games or the first two or something, then he, you start. I thinking, think he, do he you, needed do to you... miss what he needed to miss at least one World Cup game. I think for yeah, but the, for people to understand. Yeah. But Borthwick would have then had to make a decision. Do you take someone who definitely isn't playing for the first couple of games? And they probably would because they got Ford and Smith. They probably yep. would have done. But um, but then Farrell would have played in the World Cup having not played for five weeks. Actually, wouldn't make any difference to him probably. But <clears throat> that that's when it would have got awkward. I would say that, you know, watching all the Premiership stuff, Owen Farrell has just been mega for Saris, as you know. You've watched mm. it. He's just played beautifully the last couple of seasons. And... He looks chilled, he smiles, it's relaxed, and he's still, you know, legally twats people and goes hard, but he has looked in beautiful form. That just, not all his fault, that just hasn't translated to England. And there are certain formulas at Saris that won't work at England and aren't repeated and all that sort of stuff. It just hasn't quite transferred. Marcus Smith has never quite been given the reins for a consistent period, and then he has started and it hasn't gone brilliantly, and... He hasn't always started with a massive 12 like he's had at Quinns. And there's all these things. I'm not sure that England aren't better with Ford at 10 and Smith mm-hmm. on the bench bringing something different. That's mm-hmm. And a, another point I was going to ask you about is that Brendan Gallagher, um, legend of uh, rugby right, British rugby writing, he, he suggested on Twitter, he's like, why are they wasting Ollie Lawrence at 12? Why is he not playing 13? He's got the pace to play 13, more space, more damage. And I thought, oh, yeah, I quite like that. I'm going to steal that idea. What do you think of that? Um, he has got the pace to play 13. It's just then who would you play at 12? Tuolagi. Would you play Farrell? guess so. And Ford. Exactly. There's so many different combinations. I mean, I go back to the best game I've seen England play in a long time, and that was the semi-final. I think it was quarter or semi-final yeah. against Semi. New Zealand. And it was the best I've seen yeah. them play. And that was with um, Ford and Farrell, 10-12. I'm not sure it is the right combination for England now. I quite like Ollie Lawrence at 12. Um, Marchant, I like him at 13. But then Tuilagi's got to fit in, I think. Because I think he's, if he's fit, he's too good to leave out, I think. I'm too much of a threat to leave out. So, I don't know. You this think is still? The, the, yeah, I do. This is the issues you've still got with England, I think, is you don't know the best combination and going into a world cup that's yeah that's not a great position to be in i think with with certain teams you get it you you know um but with yeah. with england no idea mate who's who the best combo at 10 12 13 is i think farrell is i really rate him and i think you have to have him in there just just because what i've seen with saracens and and england but yeah he's a brilliant player he is brilliant 
Um, so, but I, I don't know, mate. I still it's, think you need. A, I think I think you need a physical threat, be it power. Yeah, you do. Or Somewhere brutal there. line running at twelve. I still think you need a twelve a second or five eight. I think. Yeah, I just look at the French model. I look at, you know. Bundyaki, I look at Jonathan Dante, I look at, you know, Henshaw's a big unit as well, I look at Esther Hazen and Dialandi, you look at Samu Karevi, you think it's not the only way to play, and it isn't the only way. Geordie Barrett's a massive man. He's huge. You, but it is really handy to have a physical threat close to your fly half, because otherwise it just makes seems to make it easier to shut down a fly half because you you can take one eye off the twelve because they're not brutally quick or brutally powerful. I think it you know, but this I, this I do this like twelve does have to a be a ball there. player as well. You cannot be just straight up and down. And I think it depends yeah. on Johnny Williams's fitness this week because he gets himself fit and then he has a run of games, be it four, five, or six, and get in uh, gets injured again. Yeah, and that's happened ever since he's come to Wales. So there's talk that he's going to be fit this weekend. So it's a big game for him because he could be the answer for Wales at twelve. I think. I really like Mason Grady at 13. I think 15 is nailed on in Liam Williams. He was by far the best yeah. Welsh player out there. Even though he dropped a couple nice of balls, um, they looked horrible to take. The spiral up and under where the ball just moves yeah. in the air. Yeah. When, it, when it's end over end, it's easy to see the flight path of the ball. you know. But when it's spiraling in the air, it moves it left and right. The wind takes it. They're horrendous to take. And I think... You know, you can excuse him for, for dropping a couple of them because we know he's one of the best under the high ball. Um, I, I'd say at least one of them was impossible to take. There there wasn't many yeah. um, big performances from Wales, and I think there'd be quite a few boys that might have played themselves out of the team. Um, mm. Gareth Thomas did okay, I, I think, in the, at loose head. I must, I must say, I, th- I thought he was excellent, and I thought a couple of decisions were right, but a couple of decisions didn't go his way. I thought he was excellent defensively as well. And Dowie Lake, yep. the line-out was poor, really poor. But the hook always gets the blame, and I think he there was one or two overthrows there. He did go off but early, but the line-out, you're right, was what a player, non-existent. Mate. It was non-existent, the line-out. Yeah, it was you awful. Know, the timing yeah. was off. There was no lift. The, the communication, you could see it wasn't just the hooker. Yeah. You could see it was the whole movement of the line-out. So for whatever reason... There shouldn't be there shouldn't be a massive excuse for that because you've had you've had a lot of time to work on lineouts and for it to go as badly as that was was pretty atrocious I thought. Um, yeah. But Dowie Lake I like yep, a lot. Yep, Sam Parry came on and and looked okay as well. He's very good in the loose. Yeah, he scores did. a lot of tries. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing Tame Basham and he went off early. Once he came on, didn't reappear. Dan Bigger looked okay when he came off the bench and yeah. um, set up a try where Joe Roberts went through and Joe Roberts looked fast. Do you see him going on the outside of Quick, Ollie Lawrence? Quick, mate. Yeah. yeah. Quick. It's been good for the Scarlets. Linked really well. And maybe, maybe that suggests that Ollie Lawrence doesn't have the pace to play 13, but I think it was more angles than it was It was pace, more angles, but it's also been good laterally as well as in a straight line. You've got to be agile. Yeah, like Jonathan Joseph always was. Yeah, yeah. And Joe yeah. Marchant is as well. I mean... Yeah. That nearly, that take from Joe Marchin was nearly absolutely freaking amazing. He just, just out of reach when he dives for it. Mate, if there's one the player kick. I'd back to take that English, it'd be him. Elliot Daly. He's amazing at that. 
or Elliot Daly, Anthony Watson. There's three of them. There's three of them, probably. Sure. But and Ollie Woodburn. There's four of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, glue on his hands normally. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't a great performance by Wales. They shouldn't have allowed England to score with 12 men. That was a bit embarrassing. Should have done better when we had yeah. three-man advantage, even though we scored a try. You know, 15 against 12. Should hammer you, him, really. You've got to be doing better than that, yeah. Um, what do you think about the... Dan Bigger did look decent when he came mm-hmm. on, but then it. I know it, you it, you take each match on its merits and you want to win it, but what's the point in bringing him on to a point? You... you you sort of know. Yeah, you know what you're going to get. I sat with there him. and thought I'd almost leave him off there because and let Owen well, he, Williams. Yep, he's not going to do anything out. different than he's done in the last 12, 15 years for Wales. There's not going to be no surprise at all. I agree with you. He, he did look okay when he came on, though, and he seemed to steady the ship a little bit. But it's a warm-up game. He's obviously a very good player, but it's a warm-up you know, game. Don't you? My point being in that. Yeah. Try something. You know. Try and. You know, I don't. Th- I don't think the actual intent to attack was very good from both teams. Now, yeah, you know, you're talking about a friendly yeah. game. It is a friendly. I know it's, people say there's no friendlies, but it is a friendly. There's nothing on it. It's it's a warm up game to get yourself fit. You've got to go out there and you've got to try something a little bit different. Why why ha- take a liner off the top, sit in the pocket, and put the ball in the air? You know, I I I think there was a lack of ambition from Wales, and that was pretty annoying really because why do you want to squeeze out a team and try and arm wrestle them into a into a victory when you've got the perfect chance to go out there and try something try and be creative well maybe because that's how you absolutely how you intend to play at the World Cup mm, well they're not going to win they're not going to get far if that's how they want to play because we just don't have the size and we're just relying then on other teams to make mistakes when we need to score tries I'm, I hope they pick Sam Costello at 10 because when he gets the ball and he takes it to the line, he takes it flat, he puts players through holes, he's a running threat. And when you've got, like, watch Entomac. He is just a threat. Yeah. When he goes through a hole, he's gone, like his try. He just gets on the outside of Stain and he's gone, absolutely flying through the hole, and scores his try. When you've got a turn like that, it just creates space elsewhere. And Costello is that running threat. So really want to see him at, at 10, I think. I think he should be for Wales's first choice going into the World Cup because okay. I think you have to Wales have to evolve and have to play differently. It's not going to work just sitting in the pocket putting up up and unders. It, it might work for one game uh, against a big top tier one nation, but it's not going to work consistently. So, yeah, I I sort of think that I I think the box kick chase get your detail right part the bus type thing I just might work in a I final. really really hope I'm right I do not think it's going to win you a World Cup I think no. you're going to have to go out and score tries and people can talk about how one dimensional the Springboks were are and all that sort of stuff but they've got genius outside 12 and well they have had it look how your arms injured isn't he but you've they've had genius there and they've scored some brilliant tries and they're not just a box-kicking team. In the semi-final in the last World Cup, they were, God, it was awful. 9-8, I think it was, against Wales. That was awful because it was just 100 box kicks. But actually, when they properly play, their forward carrying and breakdown work is a thing of beauty because it's just savage. Mm. So it's not boring. It's it's really aggressive. I just don't think the percent, you know, that, that not percentages, that game plan, I agree with you, wins your World Cup. It gets you that deep. I really don't. doesn't. It squeezes out teams and it, it gets you the odd win against a big nation. But... You're not going to be able to play regularly like that. So, you need to evolve. Anyway, 
Flatsy, you've yep. got England, Ireland this weekend. Yep. Big game that. Yeah, I tell you what, it depends. Got to go, you've got to go all out, d- haven't you? As in, yes, as in, you're all out to win it. one team. Yep. England certainly have because they need to find some form with their first choice team yep. and they haven't got any yet uh, and their first game's a big one. So I am primarily interested to see who Ireland pick. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. I want I want Ireland to go full throttle as well. Uh, just because I'm watching it on telly and I I like watching Ireland play. <laughs> like I want the best I want the best team out there. Um but it'll be interesting. I I can't imagine a lack of fight from England. You certainly saw a lot of fight at the weekend, but that's that should be a given. That's a given at pro level. You you we all fought hard. It's just some people are better than others. Some yeah, you know, some people are better players than others. I don't and think it's dogging, the BR, should be dogging everyone. Yeah, I don't think it's the be or end all the result. I think just finding combinations that work and finding something positive to take from the game, as in ooh, that 10, 12, 13 combo look really good or that back row combo look good or the line out function yeah. or the scrum function. Wales got South Africa and that's, that's what I want to see. I just want to see a couple of combinations work. You know, whether it's Tomas Williams, Sam Costello or or whether it's Gareth Davis and Sam Costello, you, I want to see something in that game that, that makes, it's a positive and makes me think, right, those two look good. You know, they're going to yep. be our, our combination for the World Cup and the centres as well. There's been something like 19 different centre combinations for Wales since yeah. um, Wayne Pivak took over and now. So I want to see... Well, like England, isn't it? Yeah, it is yeah. a bit like that. And it just shows you how good a, a solid centre partnership is with that, that understanding. And Ireland have that, I think. Um, whether whether it's Bundy Aki, Ring Rose, or whether it's Henshaw, Ring Rose, whether it's Aki or Henshaw, they've played a lot together in those different combinations yep. and it, and it's just works and it's proven and I want to see that well so I really hope they go Costello Johnny Williams Mason Grady I want to see Mason okay. Grady at 13 I think he's a yep. wonderful player um, he's got so much do pace do you love him do you yep yep I want to marry him he's got so much pace he's so athletic he's big <laughs> a huge friend he's the real deal um, but just I walked past some kids the other day a bit of time yeah Oh. Well, no, well, uh, no, sorry, I didn't try. I walked past some kids the other day, and this one kid said to like his sister, or whatever, or friend, whatever it was, he's like, "You marry that bag if you love it so much, you idiot." <laughs> <laughs> now you're, now you're doing it. Marry that bag you love it so much, you idiot. But I don't think that Wales going to yeah. beat South Africa. I've seen the South African team. Oosh, scrum line yeah. out in the tie. Cheers, Em. Yeah, thanks Cheers, very much. Em. Thanks very much. Yeah, flat. I got to go. I got to go get my. Um, Retainers for my teeth now. I'm going to the beach actually on the boat. I'll be smug about it. No. Um, Freya's taking the toddler and the baby to her mum's down the road, and I'm taking the big girls to the beach. We'll get absolutely lashed, except I'm not going to have any beers (laughs) at all, but that's fine. Still have fun. Um, Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about me. I'll be all right. Look, um, keep going. Good luck to you, boy. And uh, good luck, everybody. Keep going, all right? Yeah, and we'll speak to you next Monday for the final Autumn Series pod, and hopefully we'll be doing yeah. some ITV ones as well throughout the World Cup. Is it the final one? Yeah, of the Summer Series. Yeah, fine, fine. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, we're doing a um, ITV one, aren't we? Oh, good fun. Touch yeah. wood. All right. right, well done. Touch airy wood. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.